0: Hello everyone. We are back once again a little bit later than usual as well. If you join us on the live stream, it is eight o'clock at night. Greenwich meantime, British summer time. I'm not even really sure what sort of time of year it is right now, Quinny, but uh you are looking very cool, looking a lot cooler than me in your studio. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you've got some air con going on over there, but it is hot. Nice it's hot here. Absolutely so my, my,
1: my problem, with this place is heating it up, so I'm okay now It's in, it's nice and shaded in here, nice and cool. So
0: um I, uh, yeah I'm quit chilling <laughs> uh, yeah I'm yeah, um, um, I've got two doors open I've had a fan on all day but I, as we tested off air the fan would be just coming through constantly on the microphone and we like to try and keep the production levels high on the Emperor podcast of course we have a really nice uh, amount of people already sort of active in the chat so if you've joined us welcome uh we're live on Twitch forward slash Plastician if you're listening in the future You're probably doing that via podcasts or via Quinny's YouTube channel, Quinny3001. You already know the drill. Like, subscribe, comment, all of that. We love to see you all on board getting involved. Um, So we got a lot to get through today. We'll have a good chat. We'll get some questions from the audience as we've got such a good active uh, core of you in the chat already. It's lovely to see that. Uh, And hopefully you're all not too hot and sweaty um, and we can get through some so rare action. Quinny, how has your week been? Any end products to uh, report as of the last seven days? Uh, Well, good question. I don't actually think so, to be honest
1: with you. I think most of my business is being, uh, you know, yeah, I don't think I've done any winning recently. No, not since the last time we were on, we were talking about Euro under 21s. And uh, since then, the only kind of, I suppose, end products you could call it, I've been getting has been IRL in real life, you know? Uh, I was guest courtesy of the legend that is John Nellis, bringing me to Manchester for, especially boy, the, the treble winning parade yeah. on the bus. So um, it wasn't really end product in the, in the traditional sense. I say it was a bit more IRL, uh, old school media. John Nellis with his agents and his brand deals and all that good stuff was going to all with it with The beer company bringing his ringer pal in who's a fan meant to know the songs, did he? <laughs> you know, I've not been at the Etihad often enough to know any songs beyond the, the ones that are like three words or something, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, great, great. Um, so that was it for, for me. I've got like some footage and stuff, there'll be a wee video that will go out about it, maybe a, a wee TikTok or a um, Instagram or something. But Stish, I don't know if you were in and around, no, no, you would have been, of course, Manchester United fans in London, of course, but um. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got the pattern now. I've got the pattern. I've got the scarf. I've been there on the bus. I'm fully fledged now. No one can ever give me shit anymore as a city fan. Absolutely. For being a city fan, you know, but um, it it's was heaving up. down, mate. It was heaving down cats and dogs, peeing it down from the rain, and like, it made it all the better for the beginning of it, which was great, um, but the thing got delayed because of the thunder and lightning. Oh. So you were just, and, and like, I must say, like the beer company were lovely, uh, as- Asahi. Asahi, or Asahi, yes. however they're called. Oh, yeah. I don't drink beer, like, and I'm not. I'm one of these guys. Stish, we've been out a few times, so you'll know this, right? And some other people, some other scouts and managers from around the world have met me in uh, in different watering holes across mainly the UK, I suppose. But uh, I'm not a big drinker, but I will get drunk, you know. Like I'll hammer a few shots and a few pints. That'll be me, you know. But on the beer bus, guess what? The guess what the options were? Beer or wine? Uh, well, they had a sahi, and then after that, they had a sahi. And then if you didn't want any of that, they had Asahi. So I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it sober, obviously. So um, you know, I'd done my best to get as drunk as I could on beer, which was just it was just a cocktail of uh, all sorts of stuff going on. Tunes were blasting. The parade was insane. Honestly, the whole Manchester felt like a stadium. It was like driving through a stadium constantly. It was unreal. Uh, I've got some good footage, so I say uh, I won't labour it anymore. But there'll be some stuff out. Feel free to check it out when it's out there. Uh, if you haven't already, of course, make sure you go and find John and give him a follow and a fist bump when you see him. Um, and yeah, I can't thank him enough again for inviting me. And obviously the hosts, Sahi if they're listening, I doubt they are. But um, yeah, it was, it was that, that, so for me, mate, that's the, that's been the epicenter of my world for like uh, four days there before all the Brendan Rogers stuff even happened. So yeah, yeah. actual end product on
0: Soraya has been null and void for about a week or so. I did see some of the pictures of you and john and they like it didn't really strike me initially that like it was absolutely teaming it down but um i thought you was just covered in beer and champagne and stuff <laughs> it looked like you were on the actual bus in some of the photos As like Are you boys on the bus like and then i realized i like, looked like you were on some kind of like almost like a raised platform like so you were like almost at eye level with the players on the top of the bus weren't they you when they came no we were on our own bus so like your the bus parade. The star, right.
1: I mean, so the bus thing had like five buses, and there was two for the players and like whoever, right? And then there was three other ones, and one was the, the Sahi bus, and that was like me, Nellis, and then like Man City, like YouTube and TikTok people, and, and Sean Wright Phillips was there, which was oh, uh, incredibly amazing, yeah, to meet him. Um which was cool but no we were actually part of it and then we were the final bus of the parades you know so we were like right at the back but I've got a good snap I don't know if it's it might be out somewhere but yeah like so the players bus was behind us at the back and then when they arrived the bus goes away loads them up and then comes out and then they pass all the buses to lead it so I've got mate Foden comes past and he's got the Champions League and he's like mate he's mate, it's two buses in the street you know couldn't be any closer to him you know I could have jumped on if I was brave enough I could have jumped over you know and mate, he's like that with a trophy right at us, like, yes, giving it, you know. And yeah. Nelson's got some good footage of it as well because, like, at that exact moment, Grealish
0: and they are having a mad moment as well. Oh, I saw and... that on his on his Insta story, yeah, Green. Oh, did you, did it out yeah, Grealish. Um... A great weekend to be fair to him. I think he'd been he'd been out about three nights on the trot, hadn't Because they went out to Ibiza from the final pretty much, didn't they? I think they had a the players flown to Ibiza and then back for the parade so they must have been at it for about three days straight but I saw some really good videos actually of like Carson in the uh, in the home dressing room at Man City with his jeans and his shirt on and goalie gloves rolling around on the floor like smashed so uh yeah we're having some while, while we're on this subject of like Asahi and beer there's some really interesting chat going on in the chat while we're here on Twitch and um this is quite funny but someone said that uh madri is the best champ euro beer asahi is the best champ asia <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if, funny. If, if we put beers into like so rare categories I and mean, it's hard to argue with that isn't it i guess really? tiger, tiger beer is a good one i
1: think uh so uh, that there's a good one there from the so rare experience and the because i was on the Asahi bus before the big Asahi people you know I, I, I now know that they you know asahi says um so the story experience says the like is the best beer, followed closely by Peroni, and actually they're the same people. So that's- oh, really? Yeah, same good down. marketing, good news They've got your
0: shop tied up anyway. Your local shop, you know. <laughs> so- absolutely, absolutely. So that's well. That, that sounds like a great. You've had an incredible week. Then in that case, like whether whether or not, like you so said, the, the the IRL M product definitely uh, has hit home heavy for you um IRL M product for me I've had a really busy week in terms of like watching my son's football he's um he's been in um, amongst the Crystal Palace Academy uh, coaches for the last couple of days and oh, wow. it's been really good seeing how they operate I mean got to be one of the top academies uh in the UK definitely one of the top ones in London I think they've got a great you know we can see some of the players that have come through in the last few years but uh yeah that's been fascinating to watch an uh, IRL um sense of matters but i did get a bit of end product in the week a couple of players picked up a super rare managed to get a uh super rare win just scraped in um big up at Lee Han bomb and uh baked jong bomb bringing you know like when you get that little score comes in you almost start forgetting about your teams and then those career scores start rolling in and they put up some good aa even though that they both you know like conceding that goal in the 95th or 96th minute, I think it was, to lose the clean sheet. I mean, that could have been a really big win. I think it could have been a nice one, maybe a tier two or tier three. Um, but I'm in the end, managed to win a tier five. Um, but, you know, it's, it's another one of those like when you win a U23 tier five, if you win like a young one, it's not actually that bad. I'm just going back into my club now to have a little look at, remind myself of, of the player so I don't get the name wrong. Um, but I won a couple of cards. One of the cards I did win was a uh, Raspadori, the forward at Napoli, rare. Um, I've seen that actually, yeah. And I think from you know, if Ossiman leaves next season, from what I've seen of Raspadori, he looks a great player. And if you look at his scores on So Rare, you know, coming off the bench, he still puts up like 10 AA in like 10 minutes, which for a forward card and a U23 forward is really good. So, quite excited about potentially uh, getting some use out of him i think my super rare now i think about it was not quite as exciting i'm still trying to find uh just got to get onto the uh site my internet is not particularly fast but um yeah it was a gang one defender if i remember rightly or a midfielder Um some one of those players who kind of comes in and out um you know like with the uh, some of the issues with the u23s in korea is they'll either find themselves starting and coming off in 20 minutes or the other way around so yeah um he's one of those players that when he does start tends to come off after about 20 minutes so probably falls into those pools because it looks like he's a starter and stuff like that but his scores you know are like you know his l15 is 38 so he might be one of those players that i get away with using occasionally it looks like when he gets a half decent run of games he can do okay but um yeah he's he's nothing to write home about he might be of use over the summer in cap 240 or something like that potentially so uh yeah, bit of M product. Not nothing, nothing too exciting. Nothing but also I think Raspadori is nothing too uh, nothing to be sniffed at. I think if like I said, if Osman moves, could be a good little win that. So um quite excited about it. Uh in other news, obviously, from a personal perspective, and you, Quinny, have have got some as well from a Celtic perspective, but Man United uh takeover is looking ed- edging ever closer. Um Someone in the chat asked me what are my personal feelings about that. I think if we, you know, I think there's obviously lots of things that people will be talking about, you know, like similar stuff that we heard with the Qatar World Cup about, you know, like human rights and all that kind of stuff is going to come in. And that's definitely going to be a part of the conversation. The castle but, stuff again. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And, you know, like I, I have to hold my hands up and say, I don't know enough about, you know, I can only, I can only go off of what I've read on Twitter. I don't, I haven't done any of my own research. So I don't have to like, speculate on that too much um but you know in terms of like the deal if it's between ratcliffe and the the qatari offer the qatari offer would as i understand it wipe um the glazers fully off of the board and uh that from a man united fan perspective makes a little bit better reading i think than ratcliffe and them still having like maybe a 20 percent stake in the club so from a purely football perspective i think the qatari bid makes more sense for the club but yeah from a maybe human rights and moral perspective i can't say that i'm i'm not really well up enough on like what goes on in qatar to be honest i saw a lot of it through the world cup but again i mean there was conflicting from both sides on that i don't know enough about what actually goes on people that went out there told me that didn't seem to be the case out there but a lot of the press was obviously bad over here we were reading all sorts about human rights, you know, like LGBTQ uh, rights, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I said, I'm not really um, qualified to comment on that properly. So I'd rather stay out of that side of it. But yeah, like I said, in terms of the deal, if you take all of that aside, the Qatari deal definitely is like better for the future of the club in business terms, I think. And uh, Quinny, big, big news on the Celtic side. Uh, How are you feeling about uh, the new acquisition there? Uh, well, it's not done, done, done.
1: It feels like it is done. But uh, Brendan, actually, um, I'm kind of mixed on it, mate. To be honest with you, it's one of those ones where at least you know he's a good manager. At least you kind of know what you're getting with him. So it's hard to be totally down about it or anything. But I think for you guys, it's like a, it's, a, it's very similar to to the whole Newcastle thing again. A lot of parallels with the Mike Ashley kind of regime mm-hmm. um, in, in that respect. So it's one of those ones where like I don't, I, I'm never. You know, it's one of those ones, politics and football and sport and all that stuff. It's just pure heavy, murky water, you know. And for me, like, really, when you boil this stuff all the way down, it's really bloody governments and all that should be dealing with this, not football leagues and teams mm. and stuff like that. You know, like, if they're that bad, then do something like embargo them or something or, you know, whatever it is, make sure they change or whatever the thing, the consensus is for improvement. Um, so I always find that a bit weak when, especially the po- the political arm of things tries to move responsibility into football and put you know because yeah even if it is for messaging and stuff like, like we've seen and like you've said as well it's not it's definitely not what i want to talk about it's definitely not uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i it's it's yeah, yeah. with you on that for me it's all about the football and like for you know for what does come of it you know in terms of man United like i seen a great tiktok i think i retweeted it Stush, so you need to check it out and it's a man city fan and he's going through like you know you said we would never do this and then we did it then you said we would never do that and we did it and he goes through like six things that man united have obviously done they've always held against city trebles and three in a row and all the stuff and and uh and then he
0: goes now i've got a list for you man united and then <laughs> have you seen it i've not seen it now. Oh, it's a to it. Is it on your um, Twitter or is it on, on my? I,
1: I think I retweeted it. If I didn't, I'll go and find it, and retweet it later. But um, or I'll send you it direct. Make sure you get it. Oh, I like um, that. <laughs> but um, um, so I think like for Man United, like you, you know, there's they're, they're like the sleeping giant now of this kind of generation of football clubs. You know, in a weird way, the way in Liverpool were. Yeah. Like, through the back end of the noughties after they won it. You know, because Liverpool early millennium won a UEFA Cup or two as well before they went on and won Champions League. So let's not forget, you know, like people do treat Liverpool as if they did nothing until that Champions League. But, you know, they've they done some pieces, you know. It wasn't obviously what they were used to. Man United are quite firmly... It feels like Arsenal have maybe kind of halfway avoided it with a UEFA Cup win here and, you know, finishing second and having a good run at the league this year. Um, but I think Man United overall, like... It only makes the league better if they, you know, actually play ball, like play football, like a, a mega team again, like the way yeah. Bayern and Real do, and stuff like that. And it's funny as well because i was saying to guys. Because I was in Manchester from like getting on it with we like-minded people. The amount of people that throw, uh, especially Man United fans, let's just say, right, throw stuff at like City for spending and whatever. But see, if Alex Ferguson was a Man United manager today, he would go out and he'd spend 120 million on Declan Rice. and He'd go and spend 100 million on Harry Kane, 100. You know he would not mess about you yeah. know like in that so it's, so it's never not been the case that the best teams buy the best players you know because the best players win the league you know and the best players are never cheap you know so it's just an uh, unavoidable so i think like man united having that history of it as well like you can kind of pick up the spending pattern as before and like the qatar injection of money it's not doesn't really actually give man united any ammo they probably didn't have already it's more just yeah. who's holding the gun now if that makes sense if I can use a very awkward analogy I don't know we to need to about. yeah
0: we still <laughs> need to sell we still need to sell a lot of players you know like financial fair plays here makes sense now we've got a lot of players we need to let go and we got a lot of players we need to take off the wage bill um we've got a few of them off already um but you know I think it's gonna re- rely a lot still not, not in financial sense, but, you know, financial fair play sense, maybe. We're going to probably need to move on Harry Maguire this summer. Um, you know, there's a few players, obviously, Phil Jones is leaving. Um, we're going to need to, like, move a fair few players on, I think, before we can bring in a Harry Kane. And, uh, you know, I think there's, we're being linked to Diogo Costa, um, and we don't want to pay the money that they're asking. I think they're asking like 75, 80 million, and we're trying to, we're looking around 50 for him. And I think they're just playing a bit hardball as well because Porto probably could do with that money. And um, they maybe be just like, you know, put the Man United price on him a little bit. But whether or not we'll see him there this summer, I don't know. Verbruggen's obviously been linked as well. But I don't think Verbruggen comes in and like takes the number one from De Gea, whereas I think that Costa maybe has a bit more pedigree and could, he could come in and be number one. Um if ta- rumours of De Gea to Saudi. I've seen that, Yeah. I mean, that would be a big plus for us in terms of wage bill as well because see, he's got he's (laughs) he's on about yeah he's on he's on what three hundred and fifty a week or something. De Gea he's he's on huge wages so um, yeah, Porto could do with getting him off the wage bill. They need the money. We need a goalkeeper. If De Gea went to Saudi and took that money, it would do us a big favor. I think I'm not a massive hater of De Gea. I know a lot of people give him a lot of shit but i think he's all right i think um i think a lot of emphasis is put on these days in modern football like that goalkeepers have to be good with their feet blah 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 but david david Gea for me is still one of the best shot stoppers possibly in the world like he pulls off ridiculous saves more so than he does make bluffs right and falls over and lets a ball through his legs which he does do more than he should but for every one of them he does he'll pull off two or three saves that no other goalkeeper in the league you see pulling off right so you've got to give him a little bit of credit where it's due but yeah i think in terms of like modern football and like we're playing under 10 hog here he he is the exact kind of manager who wants a goalkeeper who could play with his feet so it makes sense that if we're going to hold on to 10 Hag for a few seasons then david De Gea is probably not in his plans long long to midterm um, and obviously his age is another thing but it's Yeah, I think maybe this season, if De Gea could accept a deal like that, could be a good move. Um, But yeah, I'd expect a few transitional seasons from us if we get new owners. And, you know, Ten Hag did a good job last season. He'll be expected to build on that. But I think a good season for us next season is still, and United fans will hate this, but it's not winning the league. It is, again, Champions League, hopefully go far in the Champions League um, and maybe win a trophy, like a cup. If we can do that, there'll be a fantastic season bring in some more names next season get that injection of cash from the new owners like you know once we've solidified what we've got get rid of a few more players off the wage bill and then i think the season after will be really like right now you need to go and you need to you know have a run at this you need to have a good go at city or liverpool wherever it is chelsea might be back up there then you never know like um i'm not i'm I'm not too I don't know like this is gonna I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I'm not that I'm not that worried about Liverpool. I don't know why, but I just can't I think that was a blip. I don't see Liverpool challenging again. I don't know why, but I just felt they're a bit lightweight this season. I think they got sussed out a bit. Um I think Klopp got sussed out this season. Um they do have some good young talents. I love Gakpo. I think that Nunez is much better than we've seen of him this season. But I do think I don't know, man. Maybe McAllister will change things. I think the midfield was was a bit of a pushover this season. But yeah, they might surprise me. But I just I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about them next season. I don't I don't see them um, competing again um, for some reason. And I, I think, I don't, they,
1: I think they held onto that last squad a wee bit too long, eh? The Hendersons yeah. and the Milners and, and such.
0: That'd be Yeah, yeah. I I, I I don't know. Maybe they'll surprise us, but. Man City just were too good last season. If they strengthen, we're all in trouble again, I think. Um yeah, there's a lot of whispers about is Pep staying. What do you make of any of that? Do you think there's any chance he moves? Like what where would he go and why? He doesn't leave anywhere, he doesn't leave before his contract ends. His contract ends
1: in 2025. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about extension talks and stuff like that. Um, because it's just that two-year period where after the season it's only one year left. So you obviously begin the kind of chats and the rumours and all that now, but there's a a great comment in the chat that I thought would actually kind of steer the stitch back into Soria territory a bit firmer, mm. uh, and it's the Saudi League, right? So <clears throat> the question comes in from Kawag and basically says something to the tune of, you know, is it uh, inevitable? Is it an if rather than a when now at this point? Now I might say kind of two things on it. We'll throw it to you, Stitch, and we can have a wee back and forth. I think it is an if rather than a when, um, and I would be I've, I hold one player in the division, so I'm going to be holding on to him. Um, and I think it's down for, for two reasons. Oh, let's say three, right? So they have said that they would do it if it was viable, i.e. like, you know, it's if they if they had cards, they would be sold. People would buy them and they would have deals in place that make it all worth the while. Um, second thing, of course, is coverage and level of coverage. Now, I'm going to suspect the Saudi League, even no, no matter what, before this summer, the last four or five years, the amount of investment it's had in infrastructure, coverage, et cetera, is going to pale in comparison to what will happen going forward. Um, So I only expect the ability for maybe Sorare to get the sort of coverage that they need or Opta to be able to provide it at a a relatively level might become cheaper, easier, or something. might become a little bit less frictionless. You might imagine sometimes with some of these rural territories that getting the Opta coverage to the spec we need it at, maybe Opta do need to do it um, bespoke, you know, when someone is going to pay them the money for it, then maybe there's a lead time into it or something. I don't mm-hmm. know, I'm imagining But I think, um, so number one, I think um, there's now a viability for what Soraya said in the past. Like if you start getting Ronaldo, Benzema, Cante, De Gea, you know, there's another handful of like B-list guys as well that'll probably turn up there. Never mind the array of C-list guys will probably show up for some money. Um, and to bolster champion Asia, I think it's a good... I think it would be a good move potentially, you know, um, if we're not going to do the China thing, which it feels like we're not at this point. But how long we've we been on the game? Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I think it is, and if rather than I went. And the last thing I'd say on it is, I think we've all seen recently the, the 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 people that own Newcastle bought or officially now announced that they own four Saudi Premier League clubs. So. Mm-hmm. Doing a deal with one of them surely is effectively doing a deal with four. Surely now it's quite a hive mind situation with licensing over there, even if it would have been maybe a bit more. Because you see with Ecuador and these leagues, like it's like one team. You yeah. know, it's not like the whole league or something like that.
0: Yeah. So it might be a bit easier to wrap them all up in a bundle now. Get four of them on board, yeah. yeah. Especially if they've already got Newcastle, who like are probably experienced in and know about you know what rare is and what they do, and they've seen... You know what the balance sheet looks like because of that you know they will know they'll they'll know a bit more about whether or not it's uh it's made sense for them so yeah i mean i i've always been all for covering leagues um whether or not we mint cards from it but then i guess if we're talking about asia as a territory i think of all the sort of like leagues asia's the one that could do with a little bit of bolstering maybe in the card supply um you know like at the moment, we rely only on K-League and J-League for our rewards in the Asia. And, you know, we're only really covering China and the ACL on top of those divisions as well. So, um, you know, you could add the Australian League there, you could add the Saudi Pro League, you could add, you know, like the Qatari Leagues or whatever. There's probably not too many in that region that still have the level of coverage that you need. And obviously, we've already seen with the K-League, the issues we've had this season in a league that, you know does is supposed to have the coverage so i'm all for covering um and yeah i mean even if it is just a team or two just to bring that coverage in i'm all for it i don't actually own any cards that are out there as far as i know um in terms of like the red x's i hold at the moment where i'd like to see a bit of coverage from like a selfish perspective i've definitely got a few that are playing in the greek league you know i wouldn't mind a bit of greek premier league coverage this season that would be nice but again i think that challenge is probably already massive it's probably at the top of their to-do list is it to add more teams into that challenger division uh do you think there's any chance that maybe challenger gets split you know how we saw champ euro um you know like we we saw the championship moved out of champ and into its own i wonder if we see more champ teams split into things in the next in the coming season or seasons what do you reckon?
1: It gets messy because I think like, well uh, I think because of the way Champions done, it's obviously on like prestige you know, top, top five leagues, so then yeah. if you're an established challenger then like, what's the situation with Russia? You've only got three teams in Portugal how good is Austria in reality same as Croatia, like in real terms of like global football, if we're to tier them all up as such um and then I think I think that opens the door for it, potentially like more leagues coming on and stuff like that, which maybe isn't mm-hmm. something for the now. It's maybe something for much much later on. I like, am talking about like yeah, like because the other ter- the other leagues that are similar level to Austria and Croatia is like uh, like Poland and like yeah. Denmark, which we have a little bit of already, yeah. you know. Um, but so i think if you start breaking up challenger you then need to fill it back out a bit because i don't think it's quite big enough and i know champ is only five leagues right but you gotta think about the payout you gotta think about the rewards and like if you were to play with austria cards that's brilliant because you might win some psv cards yeah or some benfica cards or something cool like that celtic whatever uh motherwell you know if you've got some Motherwell cards a van veen up front you might win an ajax you might win haller or something you know yeah true um so I think it's it's difficult to break Challenger up unless it's like obscenely
0: um spilling over you know where it is like every team in Europe knows on it it definitely was like a big talking point wasn't it maybe like 18 months ago on the platform when Challenger was like expanding and we were getting new leagues coming in and people are like, oh it's too big it's too big but it's not something that we really discuss anymore is it for a lot of people that have maybe joined the community in the last six to 12 months they probably never really heard any of the like potential to split champ but it challenger europe sorry not champ um yeah it was a big talking point on the podcasts and the sort of community wasn't it for a while and it's it's you you don't even hear about it now in terms of like some of the things that so rare are working on at the minute um did you see you you obviously seen some of the recent updates on the kind of user interface uh what did you make of the new updates on things like now we can see when we send a manager an offer we can see what they're kind of like what time they're likely to take to get back to that offer? Um, I thought that was I thought that was quite a good addition. What do you reckon, Quinny? Did you like that? It's all nice little slice of life stuff
1: we're getting the now, you know. As well, when you do a counter offer now, it's highlighted what the the changes are, you know. So if I'm sending you two cards and then I'm going to try and play funny buggers and swap one of them out with a similar name or something, it'll highlight, or even yeah. just if if it was a two card offer now it's a three, it'll highlight the thirds and show you like oh this is a new addition to the offer. Uh, kind of thing, which is cool, and it feels like we're maybe one step away from some sort of uh on-platform communication. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it feels like we're not too far away from that because even the significance of what you're talking there, like a response time thing, that obviously has some control over. You know, the, the way they're able to to get that data to display it, they're probably like building a lot of. Um, a lot of stuff back there that's going to all kind of trip into that because that's like being on whatsapp when you were last active basically that's what i think about when i see that in a weird way obviously it's different because there's notifications that coincide with it as well actions on the platform that get logged but um but no so i think all the developments we're getting was one for this june i think it'll continue like this through june it'll just be lots of little slice of life stuff just like oh yeah. we added this today and oh by the way check out for that and um that kind of thing. And maybe July, we start to get it. Because everyone who, you know, like a lot of people maybe look at me and think I know stuff about Soria, right? But they don't tell me anything, right? But I'll tell you one thing that I do know is I see John and I see Fiago and they both tell me that they're not coming back to the 1st of July. And if I think there's any sort of, you know, like who are the guys that make the adverts and who are the guys that they put in the adverts and want to do the the, the, you know, the TikToks stuff and all that? Mm. So, so if they're like... Not coming back to the first of July. I think first of July is when it's maybe going to be a wee bit more. Let's start ramping towards August, you know, and let's build it up a bit. Yeah, um, if you get me.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I think while you was chatting there, got, I got myself thought sort of my brain ticking over, thinking about you know that that uh, that podcast they did with John with uh, Dan and a lock on it, and they were talking about some of the things. And one of the other things that they mentioned that I haven't really thought about until like literally now they mentioned like the card burning and burning of cards as well um i wonder if we'll see any of that before the start of next season or if that's something that they're thinking like way f- further ahead into but that'd be quite interesting i like to know think what
1: that's if- a i think that's a far down the road one yeah um, i think that's a limited solution that you keep up your sleeve for when you need it potentially yeah. you know like it's good to have limiteds as cheap they are now you know we've spoken but that's quite a lot over the last two months or so but because limiteds like for all intents and purposes are just really meant to be like consumer items and i heard a lot of great stuff actually on limited time only and um somewhere else this week i was listening to i'm trying to get around as much content as i can but it's been a busy week but the amount of people i'm, I'm seeing the same cycles happen again where people are selling out of rares because they don't want to worry about you know roi and gallery values and they just want to go cash a bit out and just go get better limiteds that are fun and guys they know etc and, and plugging in that way and limiteds always have to be that option for me like that's but they're purpose is on this platform is to be a disposable like i said before like toys and stuff like that. it's just disposable income like oh i bought a swear card this weekend for 30 quid you know and like the fact that it's now 25 no one shouldn't matter yeah yeah no one cares like you know a, a, you know if that makes it also that's a lame example if it was 10 pound maybe it's a different conversation if it was two pound it's a different conversation of course if you're wanting to sell it but again you get the same problem with physical cards or pokemon cards or fucking anything but anyway point being is um where limiteds are now is is kind of good. But I think that that is a cycle again. There was a time not too long ago where I felt like there was too many limiteds, And you might even say there is maybe still a shade too many, but I think um, as long as they keep control over, like not pumping out like 40,000 auctions a day or something to make sure they hit all their serial numbers, then it's, it's kind of fine. You can keep that burning mechanism up your sleeve for when you're at that point organically.
0: I think in terms if we're talking about ROI as well I don't know like I I can't talk like that broadly about it but some of the cards that I've been sort of like keeping an eye on in terms of auctions and stuff of late obviously I'm probably looking more like super rares that might maybe take my fancy but a lot of the cards that I've been looking at or like bidding on of late are going for more money than they were like a month ago I don't know if you've noticed that if that's the same with you but Looking at some of the sort of like U23s, and I don't know if it's because maybe they've got good L15 scores visible. So, like, people buying for next season are just buying the cards that look like they're going to bang. But, um, Amitabh, um, Bacirina who plays for Zagreb, um, 19 year old midfielder who obviously has that U23 utility through the under 21s tournament as well. Um, I thought oh, I might pick that super up, put a cheeky bid in, it went well over. The, what the last sale went for so wow. i just like re- removed myself from like the bidding but you know it still had hours left so it probably went way over sub that. have a little look in it yeah rolling sub yeah <laughs> get me out uh, <laughs> so, uh yeah I, I got out of that i was like not involved at all but i'm gonna have a little look and see what that last super did end up going for but i was surprised at how much over that went for and then i was bidding on something else and I thought, what does that normally go for? And I looked at like the re- recent sales, and the bidding was already well over like the last sales, and it still had like 19 hours left on that card. I can't remember what card it was, but you know, like looking at Batarina's uh limited um chart, it's on the up. Um, looking at his rare is on the up, and his super rare, um, yeah, I mean, prior to the one that just got <sighs> sold, it's wow, it's massively. Up. I mean, the one before that 1.45. Uh, yesterday the auction went for 2.58 and then someone bought one on uh, the secondary for 2.7 today and it's like you know are we oh is it too early to get excited about a possible little upwards trend in terms of like across the board or are we just looking at a few unicorn cards maybe in the u23 for the next few weeks and months while teams are going but it is interesting looking at Obviously, maybe some of the cards I've been looking at are U23, just because that's where, if anything, I tend to buy. But, yeah, I've been surprised and quite like enthused by what I'm seeing in the market. You know, not great if you're trying to buy these cards, but it, you know, it shows you that there's people out there willing to pay more than they were a couple of months ago for these cards. So the fact that, that some of them have less utility than they did as well. But obviously, you've got that differential, which will come in heavy in a couple of weeks when that U21 tournament starts. I think Baturina is probably going to be one of the main players in that tournament, like in terms of who's hotly tipped to do well. So maybe he is a bit of a unicorn, but definitely um, optimistic, let's say, that things look like there's a little bit of interest peaking. Um, But yeah, I don't know about you, Quinny. Have you seen any 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 like upward trends in the market activity? Any cards you're looking at? Um, yeah, completely. Yeah.
1: Um, I've actually received quite a few uh, like direct offers and stuff like that. Lots of trade offers. I'm getting an, I'm getting an offer in on something random, kind of like every twelve hours at the moment. Like I'd, I've just got this mad feeling where I know oh, I'm gonna I'll probably have a wee red notification there, and it'll probably be some random offer. And yeah. most of them aren't that bad. You know, people are kind of at least trying to. You know but it's like it's cards i'm never going to give away so i'm not entertaining them of course um but i bought a rodrigo riquelme super rare not long ago i think i maybe shared that story on the podcast i won't go into mm. it in case i did but um the amount of money i spent on that like wasn't that much it was like 250 pound 1.16 ethereum or something but out of nowhere i got two offers for two midfield super rares that may do a bit better next season but are both pains in the ass and. Uh, they basically paid for the me. So it was uh, Amadou Haidara at Leipzig, always injured and never certain <laughs> to start. And um Oscar Rodriguez. Now I want to say Oscar Rodriguez to everyone listening to this, right? Because one of two things will happen. Oscar Rodriguez is like 25, 26. I think he's a Real Madrid Academy prospect. He is really good. Mm. Didn't do well with Sevilla last year. He never got a look in at central Vigo this year. He's the way back to Sevilla. And they've got a different manager since when he left, of course. So uh, who knows what will happen with him. But he's a goal-scoring attacking midfielder that can take set pieces if Rakitic wouldn't be in the team if he was to stay at Seville. If he did go somewhere else and play, he could do really well. So I do miss having him. And I do feel now not owning him is almost going to confirm the fact that he will be somewhat useful next season. So I just (laughs) wanted to put that out there. If you're ever looking for a cheap La Liga midfielder, check on his status, see where he's at. See if he's playing friendlies for whatever team he's registered and blah, blah, blah. Maybe he could be a wee sneaky one that comes good. But um, I was thinking about it before we came on to this. If somebody said to me, trade Oscar Rodriguez and Amadou Haidara for Rodrigo raquel I'd have bit their arm off. So um, basically that's the way it's ended up for me. Cause That's, the way I, that's just the way I want to think about it. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. I just, just got them two out and brought somebody else in. Um, but the market, I say, it's very busy. You know, in that respect, there's there's a lot of direct offers coming to me. I'm actually finding myself going out a little bit less because I'm just kind of waiting for offers coming to me. I'm listing some cards. I'm finding the lister play element is really coming into a wee bit now. In terms of like, I feel like, oh, better list this guy for two days and list this other guy for seven days because of the game weeks and and when they run, as well as of course, like even guys that you fancied putting in training, you're not going to, um sick them on the list because then they can of fill the training squads and whatever else. So it's, uh, yeah, it, market-wise, the, the market is a live And I think the main thing that we're all – I've got a nice little list there over one, two, three, four, five, six – seven cards, right, that are across three different collections that I currently have little bits and pieces of that I wouldn't be buying to, like, have a collection or anything, right? But <laughs> I could get them all up. I would have – from what I've got already, by buying those guys – they would all walk in with the two percent collection thing on top and positionally they all cover like really good spots next season if you know what i mean so nice I yeah you're we talking about the marketplace there as well in terms of auctions the first owner premium is is on particularly for super rares, you know yes. um so that's definitely a big player in the market i think already
0: yeah definitely having a little look actually in the midweeks obviously while we're recording this while we're live now we've got italy um, against spain live as well did you manage to get any teams out for the midweek or are you kind of uh you kind of having yeah. a little rest until the weekend
1: just training teams in a, a dnp filled thing of hitting hope effort went nowhere
0: yeah i banged a couple of stuff into that academy that i hope you know Like i think i had like vehement in an academy team just hoping that he got off the bench didn't get any minutes in the end but um yeah i think i've got i had like a four player team out in all-star rare um, but I've just noticed that, the, you know, it relied on Josselu and Chiesa uh, to both start and both of those are on the bench. So unless they both come off the bench and score, not got a lot, lot of hope there, really. Um, 81 points in total so far in my All-Star Rare. So not expecting a lot of M product um, for this week. But that just made me wonder, um, you know, obviously a lot of you mentioned John and Fiago, maybe like kind of taking some time off now until July. Um, are you... Looking at your gallery, are you looking at like what you can actually do with it in the next few weeks? So, are you expecting much end product in the kind of closed season? I know we've got a few little tournaments starting up. I know you had your Spain contingent. But other than that, any gaps you're looking to fill before the new season starts? Or is it just about building for next season now?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not really looking to fill any summer plugs. I think the, the Euros, the international stuff, is. I think general international football, I very much overlooked it for the summer. You, mm. Like this weekend, we've got Euro qualifiers starting. There'll be a couple of fixtures through the off season, obviously, for that. Um, so now nah, I'm, I'm quite content with having them set up for. It. I'll have a couple of teams every week, and I mean like two or three. Um, it's maybe some strong weeks with an extra keeper, maybe four or something, but not not much beyond that. But I think honestly, like the the cup, we've spoken about it kind of in passing stuff over the last few weeks, but the coming season is going to be the biggest season ever to be a, a surreal player and be up and amongst the product going and smashing it. So it's like i'll be doing some stuff with the members um over uh, at some point but i've wiped the board clean i've wiped my my strategy board clean of what divisions i played and, and what goalkeeper goes here and what midfielder i've got for this division and it's uh i kind of know where i'm going to be but there's so many moving parts across my gallery and probably a lot of other people's as well with transfers and manager changes and this guy's out of contract and all but that loan move and you know all this kind of stuff so i want to get up on the board the now who's nailed like who's in a situation that's unquestioned at the moment you know these things can always change with one tweet from somebody so um so yeah i I think it's very important to get your ducks in a row in that sense because when you're just looking at your phone or you're just looking at your computer all the time at your cards and how many how many yellows and how many are reds and how many are this and that um and you know you've got these question marks around there sometimes just having it quite visually laid out like oh crap i actually don't have a nailed on striker for next season or you know, whatever your your dilemma that, that comes up, you know, that's
0: information that you do not want to come on your desk too late. Absolutely. Another thing that just popped into my head as well, I don't think this is anything that you or I have even spoke about off air, but let's do it dive And I think like we can get the chat involved in this as well. Um, you obviously, you know, taking advantage of you and John managed to get in amongst the city, uh, you know, like trophy um parade in the week and uh, you and i have managed to get to a few fixtures um with some of the members of the sore community in the last season what is if there's one one team you can go and watch one player you can go and watch live next season who is it where are you going who are you going to watch
1: that's a really good one Uh... Uh, that is a really good one, Stish. I would probably, I really need to go to Italy to see football. I've never been to Italy. I've never obviously been to see uh, football in Italy either as a result of that. So I think that's, you know, that's my—that's what my gut tells me straight away is it would need to be Italy. But, you know, so airlines wise, there's no direct, like, oh, it would have to be that team because of this guy. You know, I've got a few guys in Italy, but so many of the clubs in Serie as well, like, individually. I like them all, you know, kind of for different reasons, like Fiorentina, Bat and Rui Costa and some of those guys and you know, Lazio, Pavel Nedved, and Crespo, Milans, we've you know, I've had mm. great players forever. uv is the same. Roma the same, you know, so uh maybe yeah, maybe in Rome at the Olympico is probably or the San Ciro. I'd need to go to the San Ciro probably before it gets changed or yeah you know, or whatever. So
0: I think the San is probably on, on the list somewhere quite high. Yeah. I think I'd love to get out to – I think because I watch quite a bit of Eredivisie, I'd love to go and watch uh, maybe Ajax or PSV play. would be great. Feyenoord as well, though. The atmosphere at Feyenoord looks absolutely insane. I'd love to get get there for that. Um, and, yeah, I guess, um, you know, Dortmund would be good. That would be fun. If you can get yeah. amongst the yellow wall. Uh, Jeref, who joins us, actually. Jeref is someone who uh, has been uh, – subscriber to me on twitch for many probably years now jeriff um you know when i was doing my U music stream and he always comes in here and like he says you know he doesn't really know much about football but he's come straight in he's given us a subscription and he said he's highlighted his message and everything he said i know nothing about football but i'm curious as to what you two think about messi heading to miami mls i mean we're talking now about a trip of a lifetime like how good would it be to go to miami sun it up and watch Messi absolutely rip it up. I don't know if you saw that clip of him um, playing against um, Australia today, yes. wriggling his way through a couple of defenders and playing a lovely pass through. Um, and If that is um, a taste of what we can expect from Messi in the MLS, then I'm extremely excited to see just how much he elevates that team. I think we touched on it a little bit, didn't we? Like, do we think he improves his Sores score in an MLS? Um, but yeah, I think Messi should be incredible to watch and in terms of like an away day that would be good wouldn't it going to miami so rare if you're listening we'll do a little m product podcast live in in uh in south beach we'll get, get quinny into wet willies drinking the uh slush puppies he doesn't like beer he's already said that <laughs> yeah 153 proof uh rum uh cocktails on south beach in wet willies live for a bit of m products and maybe Maybe you can even get Messi to be on the podcast because let's face it, he is a investor, isn't he? And so rare. So
1: he's the master of the end product, isn't he?
0: He is the master of end product, and uh, yeah, nowhere better for him than our podcast. Quite, quite frankly, it's so rare. Pull your fingers out. Send me and Quinny to uh, yeah. Miami, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll show him a good time. Uh, that would be, be cool. we'll show Messi a good time in miami won't we? Yeah. <laughs> i think yeah okay, he we just, fish, i love it he could show us a thing or two. i'm sure there's a few argentinian steakhouses there that he'd uh, probably not have to ever pay for food in for the rest of his life um
1: the best place in miami probably his house yeah, <laughs> yeah. like <the> <laughs> mansion minus the drugs <laughs> definitely the- not definitely not minus the crazy South Americans but
0: yeah true true Probably.
1: Rodrigo DePaul is on the front door at all times
0: <laughs> and oh, I mean, he's hanging out by the pool you know making sure nobody's causing it yeah like some Gattuso looking characters in the front door mate ready to like bite your arm off if uh you get too close uh yeah that'd be cool I'd love to see that uh, Messi in Miami would be a be a good trip. Um, are there any cards that you hold, Quinny? Like random players who you love to see in the flesh?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Jordan Larson. I don't know if that's a mad one, but that's the first one. Like I would, I need to see Jordan Larson play. Is that that Is that because
0: of the Larson link
1: as well, though? because ah, his dad's Henrik, yeah. So yeah. Um, I would need to, I would need to need to do that. I think um, <clears throat> I've seen Worts play. Fortunately, Celtic have played Leverkusen. There was a comment in there saying, "Come on, Quinny, for a Celtic fan, never have been, never have been to Milan," and that's because we played AC Milan about twelve times in Europe over the last fifteen years, and just for, for some reason or another. I've just never been away in Europe like the Celtic either. It's always I've always had free match packages at home and stuff like that. And that's normally been my budget, <laughs> you know. So um making an away trip just has never happened. Uh, even the first time we get not, the first time we got out of the groups we had AC Milan in the knockouts, um, I was all set to go for that. But I had exams, I think I had standard grades or something and my mum just I, I know it was in March, but it was around that time, prelims and studying and whatever I remember it. No, no, it must have been hires because Seville, I think Seville was standard grades, so that was 2003. Yeah, so I think AC Milan out the group stages must have been, yeah, it must have been in like hires and advanced hires and whatever. So I wasn't allowed to go to that one. And also as well, because I, I got tickets for that small story, I won't, I won't, it's not a long one, but I got tickets for the first time we got the groups to play AC Milan in the knockouts at the San Siro. I got two tickets for it, but it coincidentally that week Stish, it was also Milan Fashion Week. And so... When the draw came out, obviously the draw was out after when they announced Milan Fashion Week or whatever. So, like, <laughs> flights and accommodation and all that were baluba's crazy expensive, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, little Quinny in uh, high school was not going to Milan for Fashion Week. Um, <laughs> didn't have the budget for that. Um, so, to get back on, sorry. So, Larson is probably the one there uh, that stands out. But besides him, any cool, quirky, kind of, so rare players I would love to see in the flesh that I haven't? Uh, next season, would maybe be um, big Enes Unal, but he's injured. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Oh, he's the only one that kind of jumps out, because I've had such fun with him this year. Gabri Vega would be great mm. uh, to see, but it depends on where he moves and stuff. I'd probably rather see him playing Seville, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably for who I've got in my gallery at the moment,
0: the only ones that would jump out for me, mate. Mine's definitely got, a, got to be uh, FC Saul uh, or Daegu or both, ideally. Like, a match between those two would be fantastic. Just a pure, so rare, Osmar, Lee Hanbom, Jong Jongbom and the man Sassinia. That would be, that'd be it. I'd be, like, in so rare heaven. Just, like, yeah, that would be amazing. I'm sure there's people in the chat that would agree, like, going to see, like a proper so rare cult icon like Sassinia, in the flesh um i don't know why but i just get the vibe you know like hoodwink talks to him on like instagram and stuff it's like come on get we get out there we could definitely go for dinner with him or something you just feel like (laughs) he's like an approachable god like come on let's we get out there we can get him we can we can talk to him i'm sure we can make it happen um but yeah Sassinia on the end product podcast that'd be cool Osmar speaks good English. I've heard him on podcast speaking English before. So maybe we get him on the podcast. Um, that'd be good, Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love go to see, so, uh, um, I, my friend, James, um, who we're having leaving drinks for tomorrow, he's actually going to Seoul, um, to live for the next year to study out there. And he was talking to me about how he get tickets out there. And I said, oh, you, yeah, apparently you can queue up and buy tickets on the day. If you get there a couple of hours before. So obviously they're in like the national stadium there. So they've always got loads of tickets spare. Um, Obviously I don't think they sell the whole stadium anyway, but um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of seats usually. So that would definitely be, I think I'll get there this season at some point. It's, it's happening. It's going to happen. While my mate's living out there, get a flight out, get a ticket sorted, go to FC Seoul, see if we can pull a few strings. Can we meet Osmar at the end of the game for a coffee? Like, let's make it happen so rare come on let's do this get some clicks on my youtube let's let's, build <laughs> let's start doing this content game M product pod podcast tour to Saul. I know we got we've definitely got listeners in Saul as well haven't we quinny because we've always got a strong contingent of uh, career players in the chat um I'm sure there's a few of you in there now but uh but yeah Saul saul has got to be the one for me. In, in ten, To be honest, with you anywhere in Korea, I'd love to get out there. It's a country I've never been to. Um, so get out there, soak up a bit of culture and watch a bit of football and stalk a few so rare players. So, uh, yeah, sounds like a dream trip to me and I'm sure probably to a few listeners as well. But that would definitely be mine, 100%. It's going to happen this year. Mark my words. I'm going to make it happen. But uh, Quinny... As we look ahead to the game weeks coming, we've obviously kind of touched on it a little bit. Not too much activity going on, uh, but we do have a reasonably busy game week um, calendar for the weekend. Uh, I don't know what you've got going on. Have you got anything exciting? Have you got any kind of game plan for the weekend upcoming? Uh,
1: Well, with the weekend being the the Euros kind of getting on, I've got some international cards that I didn't... expect to have. And I think this is like, you know, when you get this unexpected utility from cards and like, this is just a wee bit unexpected because I didn't think about it or plan ahead, but this was kind of known. But you'll have this with cards when you're on rare that maybe there are guys you forget. Maybe it's a fixture that gets rearranged that you didn't know about. Maybe they qualify for a tournament you didn't know about. Maybe they get called up. You didn't realize that when you bought them. Whatever. Is um They're always about a three hit, aren't they? You know, so that's why I, I kind of always like making sure I've got, uh some sort of non-eu kind of footprint because like you know the the, the best thing on so for me if you're like proper try to crack the whip like to win cards and win money and win all the cool stuff that are going to be given away now shirts and mm. rewards and stuff is you know there's a you know there's a sense of logic to you know the more times you buy a ticket you know you're more likely to win uh, something out of it and i don't subscribe to that when it comes to volume of lineups but i don't mind that For making sure you're playing every week if you know what i mean and you know without overdoing it or without going overboard you know within your means and what would make sense to your strategy etc but because i feel that everyone um or not everyone can play every game week to any real strength so like when i do with that board when i I get it redone again uh, it's all about having like what is the priority division and then can i try and cover that for the most often for the longest possible so the main division I'm playing this week is all Rare pro. It's the first one that gets picked this week, ahead of two forties, ahead of you know doing DNP goalkeeper stuff, or you know yeah. trying to stretch something because of a a card or whatever. There's only 500 entries this this weekend. Uh, There's 27 uh, cards paid out, which is not great, you know, but for it being internationals, it is what it is. But uh, so yeah, it's you know for me, I'm playing rare pro like every week then, basically just because of the way the gallery's built and covered and maybe one of the ones i get will be over a period like this which has happened before and who knows if it'll happen this week but uh that's the kind of the the poa the plan of attack for that otherwise it's just nyc stuff and a wee bit of some other internationals what'll be
0: stash, if you get many teams getting out you get many england guys I've, <laughs> too good no, I've, I've not got too many england guys i do have a few cards available my conundrum is i've got a few super rares, but I was a little bit underwhelmed by the prize pool and rare pro the size of it, at least I haven't had a look at the quality of the cards, but I just don't know if I can compete with like a, a rare pro team and um, with the super rares. a couple of them are a little bit punty need them to play and hit. Um, so in terms of like where I'm kind of looking at the moment, I have the only team I've kind of like got earmarked at the moment is in cap 270 actually, uh, I do have a few options um and i'm just the prize pool and capsule 70 um ratio to like the amount of entrance uh there's 65 rare cards in there currently 611 entrance um so i'm kind of looking at that at the moment obviously i'd normally maybe be looking at uh rare rare pro u23 but i'm a little bit short on defensive options in u23 as it stands so um my conundrum is do I go into the market and just pick up a card that I can that is going to play that like maybe plays in one of the like lesser known European teams that maybe has a good fixture that might not be too expensive but gives me a good entry because I'm going in there with like Mbappe like I've got uh you know uh double game um yeah like um who's the goalkeeper again uh Kosovo goalkeeper I am forgetting his name now Rich. Muric. Got Murich there, two game week, two games in the game week. M- M- Mbappe with two games, you know he could hit hundred in one of them. Uh, why wouldn't I go for u twenty three? But then, surely a lot of people are going to be doing the same, right? So that I'm in that kind of like, do I just bang Mbappe and cap two seventy and give him a captaincy and like hope he hits hundred and fifty points because but they get the fifty percent bonus on that one? Um, yeah, that's my conundrum. I do have teams. Do have entries, but I'm missing parts in a lot of the kind of regional ones where like I might have an American goalkeeper, but don't have the midfielder or don't have the forward. So I'm kind of like bottlenecked a little bit into playing those all-star cap modes. Um, and I'm wondering, like, do I, go, do I go all out on cap 270 or do I go heavy into cap 240 and try and make sure that I like win some money? I don't know, but I definitely have some potential entries there. Uh, rare pro i probably will end up in just because i've got super rares but i don't have super air goalkeeper so i can't play the super rare division what i've kind of got earmarked at the moment i've got like Demirel at the back who i'm just now looking at play sharper they've got him down at like 35 percent to start at the turkey but uh do they have a double game week there's a chance he must you know start one of those games if he has got two um i'm not sure if he has got two or not but but, yeah, Demiral is in that team at the moment. Um, I'm not sure. I can't fit anyone else in if I'm going to use Mbappe as it stands. But he does have two games, Wales and Latvia. So I just have to hope that he starts one of them, really. Um, double game week rules a blessing now, isn't it? Yeah, definitely is. I mean, I've got Cesco there as well. I've got options. Um, I just, yeah, could do with maybe another U23 defender or something so that I can kind of spread it across a couple of decent lineups. But, yeah, that's going to be my conundrum probably tomorrow morning, tonight, trying to figure out who fits where. Um, but, yeah, I've got a few goalkeeper options. So, I've got Muric, I've got Romo, um, Severa, who kept a clean sheet in the first leg against Levante. So, uh, yeah, Xander Clark's not going to play, is he? I think they're gone all playing goal right for Scotland, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, should be good. Um, Kaminsky's not going to play for Belgium Burian's not going to play for Velez so yeah I mean I've got like three goalkeeper four yeah three goalkeeper options so I can probably get three teams out one of them's likely to be a rare pro team slightly puntier with the maybe use my dams guard super rare Um he should play for Denmark might get some use out of him for the first time but yeah it's just a shame that I'm missing those pieces for U23 because I think when you've got an Mbappe you kind of want to put him in U23 don't you but I'm going to be he, there's going to everyone who's got an Mbappe is probably looking at U23 I think so
1: the last time the last dance
0: yeah it's that and I think you know you're going to go in there and play against like Nanzo who's got like the, you're, like, the super air Camavinga and super air like yes in there just like sweeping up all the rewards so maybe maybe I might be better off putting Mbappe in cap 270 and getting that 60 percent bonus that I've got for him with the captaincy that might be a better shout for me. I think with the cards I've got available, just because my supers are not going to bang, and they're a little bit risky as well. So, if I had one of those supers that I know could bang, I think my best chance of a decent score from a super is a Gennetti uh for uh, uh, Um So, yeah, maybe I put maybe I put Murich in a All Star Rare Pro with him, and yeah, there's there's got to be a decent ish option there, um, and then maybe Romo goes into a two forty cap 240 to try and scrape those three teams together but yeah that's what i'm going to be figuring out well, who goes where putting a decent team out and um fingers crossed for a bit of end product mate even if it is a little tier five i'll take a tier five tier four win they all count did not they likewise yeah for sure man. but yeah i mean um on that note is there anything else that we need to squeeze out this week i can't believe we've got up to the hour already Quinny, It's gone super quick
1: it's been one of those weeks, mate. Honestly, time is just going away like that, you know. It's only yesterday I was on top of a bus drinking beer, and now I'm <laughs> sitting here
0: getting ready for the weekend, you know. <laughs> tell you what, that's going to be me this time next week, mate. On in, in inside a bus, I'll be at Glastonbury this time next week.
1: Oh, yeah, well okay.
0: so uh, yeah, in terms of the end product podcast, it'll either be early morning Thursday or maybe like we'll squeeze a little late night Wednesday session. Um, from from Glastonbury. Go- yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know I was, people are asking, are either of us going to the So Rare Sevens event? Um, is that next weekend? I feel like it clashed with Glastonbury. I remember when they were arranging it, I was not sure if I was about. Um, I've been asked for one. I think it was okay for me. I need to double check. But uh, somebody's approached me for one of them.
1: There is a few. So I'm not sure what one. I'm I need to sure remind talking about, awesome. But So, so Rare Seven
0: Sevens. While, yeah, 29th July, end of July, not, not June. I think the. The issue for me was a wedding or something. I don't think I'm around for it. I don't think I am around. But if I am, I might head down. But for some reason, I remember them getting in touch. And when I checked the date, I had something else on, on the 29th of July. So I might not be there. But uh, Simo, that was, it was you that I was talking to. There you go. Um, yeah, I seem to remember I was away. I'd have to check my calendar again. But I'm sure... Oh yeah, there you are. I'm at a wedding. I'm in I'm in Marbella on the 29th. Roman, in on the 30th. Yeah, I'm a, I'm not around. Definitely not around that weekend. But uh, yeah, that should be a good event. If anyone's listening, uh, so rare sevens. Give that a little. Give that a little search on Twitter, and you'll find all the tweets about it. Um, but Simo, who's in the chat, organising a seven aside tournament and a little day of uh, fun games and activities for so rare community to get together. Uh, and have probably a horrendous game of football followed by some fantastic beers, which uh, tends to be the case, doesn't it, at So Rare events, Quinny? Uh, the football's normally secondary to the socialising that continues after it. Um, but yeah, if anyone's listening, give SoRare7s a little search on Twitter and you'll find all the information on that. Um, Quinny, you got any, any anything planned coming up in the next week or so that we need to let the community know about?
1: Oh, um, TBC on details, but in five days, it's uh, my three year so anniversary, as it were.
0: So, what are you going to do? Being hitting a live stream on that? You're going get, to get get drunk, drink, uh, uh, and have a beer well, celebration?
1: Details TBC, uh, definitely have some sort of live stream action. And uh, yeah, maybe have some fun stuff lined up as well um so yeah i don't want like to say anything until, until like, tbc 20... till things are wrapped up but yeah it should be fun it's not gonna be like it's not gonna be like dude, i don't know if you caught we'll talk about this for two seconds but i don't know if you caught john's stream last night john gave away 27 cards last night and a mad giveaway stream was kind of end of season limited thing i was um, on a so screen not,
0: trying to catch it yeah i couldn't couldn't i'm get not on. gonna be doing anything like that <laughs> yeah
1: <You can't laughs> <realize. laughs> um, Edward's unique giveaway has been recommended in the chat, and that's never going to happen. Um, but I love the effort. Uh, so no, it should be really good fun. But it's not. I'm not teasing you in that sense. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to come and give away a million limited cards or anything. It's just going to be like maybe a wee bit of end product theme in terms of like a wee bit of reflection and a wee bit, of, uh, you know, like oh, do, 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 back do. some of the wins. Yeah, maybe some of the fun stuff like that maybe crack open a bottle, maybe get some guests in, that could be good fun. Yeah. Because I, I tried as well, I don't mind saying this at the end of the show, because I probably won't keep this in the audio, uh, stash. So we'll see if it's fine, but um, I tried, see, like, two or three times, like, a month ago, I tried streaming on a Sunday, and I tried sending some folks some DMs, like, hey, I'm just going to stream a Sunday night, and, like, you know, some content folk, and just, like, if you're around, pop in, and we'll just do some random stuff, maybe on a Sunday night. and. I obviously was doing this very last minute and just me thinking this would be a good idea and not thinking about other people. So not very many people uh, were up for it <laughs> on such short notice. I think MLS card guy came in on the first one and I think the second one ended up soloing it myself, maybe. Um, but anyway, so may might have that kind of theme to it, uh, but if I tee it up properly, uh, which I'm maybe now giving myself the impetus to do. There you
0: go. I'll run a bit, Maybe I'll you, run a bit better. You've planted the seed now. You've got to do it. You've got to follow <laughs> it through. But yeah, I think if it's in five days, what's that like Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday? I think it's Wednesday. Tuesday, Wednesday, something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Let me know. Let me know if it if it's in the in the week. Sometimes I've got football training sure. or something like that. Then, then I'll I'll get involved, mate. Come and, I'll come and pop my head in the stream. Awesome, love it. Sounds good. So that's all
1: I've got planned. Beyond that, it's just getting through the weekend, wanting to see Scotland beat Norway with all my Scotland cards. haaland will be put on ice.
0: Uh... <laughs> holland on ice i mean like just like jack just like jack Grealish's drinks have been for the last week as he uh it, as he skates his way into the england uh setup
1: <laughs> hall of fame before you're gonna say there
0: <laughs> <laughs> he will he i mean if he carries on drinking the way he has been the last week he's in my hall of fame somewhere maybe not the premier league one If he carries on but uh but yeah we, we, love, to it. we love to see it <laughs> that's it all right gang well it, uh, on that note it's been an absolute pleasure hanging with you all in the chat and uh to anyone listening on the podcast we always love having your ears and your feedback on quinny's youtube of course if you want to watch it back we do see the comments we love to see the comments as well uh, so please do keep them coming do give us likes subscribe reviews shares uh i do see us getting quite a few mentions actually on twitter in a lot of, sort of so rare threads um so thank you if that was you. I think John Nellis uh, gave you a big up as well, Quinny in the week. So big up, John. And we did thank see some, and, uh, saw some of the lovely comments from the gang bigging up the end product podcast as well. So please do keep sharing. We love to see it. Uh, we always love to see you in the chat as well. So if you've joined us this evening, thanks once again. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Quinny, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next week before I hit the road to Glastonbury, mate. Good luck on the weekend.
1: Thanks, mate. You too. All
0: right, gang. Take care, and we'll see you again next week. Cheers, all.
1: Bye.